That a boy, Randy. We got lots of pens. Keep your hand up, and they're gonna they're gonna get you one. There's a couple over here. Name of the message today is "Where did Jesus go?" And this uh, slide that I'm going to show you right now should look familiar to you. It's not very big, is it? Do you recognize what that is? Where's Waldo? So we've all seen a slide something like that, and you look and you look and you look trying to find Waldo. Sometimes it's that way with Jesus. Where did he go? Now, I know that you don't like to admit that. None of us do, but sometimes life gets so busy and we, we kind of all of a sudden realize, where did Jesus go? I, you know, I, I was talking to him back there, but I haven't been very aware of it since then. Well, about uh, four months ago, I had my second knee replaced. I was laying in the pre-op room. Ginger was sitting beside the bed. And uh, I'd been through it once, so I knew what was coming, and I was a little bit nervous. I didn't watch a video of what they do until after the surgery, because I didn't want to know. Have you ever watched a video of an orthopedic surgeon? Man, he gets a chisel out, literally. Looks like a wood chisel. Boom, boom, boom. Man, I'm glad I didn't watch that beforehand, but I was nervous. A nurse came in and tried to put the IV in my arm. Notice I said tried. She tried about four times. That really helped my nervousness. <laughs> Finally, she gave up, and another nurse came in, got it in the other arm right away. So I'm laying there. I'm not terrified, but I'm nervous. And all of a sudden, these words came to my mind. I'm right here with you. Now, that doesn't always happen to me. God doesn't always speak that clearly to me. But that day, those words were just there. And I know it was the Lord saying to me, I'm right here with you. And when I heard those words, I turned to Ginger and told her what had happened. And I had peace because he was there. So today, I want to talk to you about becoming more aware of the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Lord. So look at the scripture John chapter 15, and I'm going to read eight verses, and I've underlined, I don't know if they underlined them on there or not, but I've underlined some important words, and I'll tell you when I come to them. I am the true vine, this is Jesus speaking, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And then notice these words. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Notice the word remain. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must, notice the word again, remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you, notice the word again, remain in me. I am the true vine. You are the branches. If you... Remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into fire, and burned. If you 
remain in me and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish. Now notice that verse. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you may bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. Eight times in eight verses, Jesus says, remain in me. Some of the older translations you'd remember say, abide in me. So he's asking us, the word remain is interesting because, think about this, it means to be connected and remain so. That you're not just connected to Jesus, but you remain so. You're aware of him constantly. So fill in the first blank there. Jesus is inviting us to be connected to him. There are three aspects to this. The first is, Jesus is inviting us to be connected to him. So Jesus is the vine. In other words, he's the source of our life. We are the branches. We are totally dependent upon him to have the kind of life that he intends. And number three, the Father prunes us. And the reason he prunes us is so that we can be even more fruitful. So think about this. Number one, establish a connection with Jesus. Now, I don't know everyone in the room. I would assume that most of you are connected to Jesus. And what I mean by that is there was a point in your life where maybe it was during an invitation when somebody asked you if you wanted to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You raised your hand and you said to the Lord, I, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Maybe you were by yourself. You knelt down. That was the case with me. I knelt down one morning and said to the Lord, I'll go any place you want me to go. I'll do anything you ask me to be if you'll just forgive me of my sins. That moment I was connected to Jesus. Maybe you were talking to a friend. All kinds of scenarios, but the point is that you may remember the time, you may not remember the specific time, but now you know that you're connected to Jesus. Now what that involves is that we no longer want to live our life without God. That's a big deal. We can live our life like everyone else does, but when we get connected to Jesus, we're saying, I don't want to be on my own anymore. Secondly, we ask him to forgive our sins. Thirdly, we acknowledge that he is the Lord. Now, the Lord, Lord isn't a word that's familiar in our culture, but it has to do with the fact that he is the most powerful force in the universe. There is no power higher than his. He's the Lord. Fourthly, this is the big deal. We ask him to be our Lord. Now, I want you to think about this. So many evangelical Christians, to become saved is just about belief. I believe in Jesus. I believed in Jesus a long time before I was connected to him. It doesn't just mean to believe. It means that you want him and allow him to be the Lord of your life. And he says, if you're going to follow me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. It's about believing something, but if you really believe it, then you're going to follow him. He's going to have authority in your life, the ultimate authority in your life. Secondly, so we want to get connected. Secondly, we want to remain connected to Jesus. Now, here's some ways that you can do that. First of all, spend time alone with him. Jesus was a great example to us of spending time alone with the Father. There are several examples. Here's one. 
Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, I hope that you do that. If you don't, that's one of the one of the things that I wanted you to get down and remember about this message is, I hope that you have a time, maybe daily, but at least very often, when you pray, you talk to Him, and you allow Him to talk to you. You're in a place where you're not distracted, so you can talk to Him and listen to Him and not be distracted. Secondly, you probably read some scripture. Some people take great pride in reading through the Bible every year. I guess that's fine, but for me, there's just too much there. I read the words, but the words have no impact on me because there's just a lot of information. So you might select a verse. You might select a paragraph. You might select a chapter. What I do is I, I take a, a book and I go all the way through it, a half a chapter a day. So I'll read that half chapter, and here's the important part. I pray through that scripture. I don't just read it for information, but I'll talk to the Lord. Lord, how does this impact my life? read one on stewardship the other day. Lord, am I, am I being a good steward? Is there any place in my life where I'm not being a good steward? Would you show me? Because I'd, li I'd like to be. Maybe it's a verse about forgiveness. Lord, is there anything in my life that I need to just ask for forgiveness about? In other words, you're not just reading words. You're talking to him. Now, it seems incredible, but it's true. How could I do devotions and miss Jesus? Well, you know, sometimes Ginger's talking to me, and she'll say, Hey, you didn't hear a word I said. I said, well, I did too, and I can repeat back the words. But I wasn't listening. I heard the words, but I wasn't listening, and she knew it. Sometimes it's that way with Jesus. Secondly, commit to regular church attendance. Now, this is fun now because I'm not the pastor anymore, so I'm not just bugging you about coming to church. But uh, church attendance is pretty important. So when you come to church, this, this seems like such a dumb question. When you come to church, do you connect with Jesus? Is it possible to come to church? She knows, because she's watching you. Is it possible to come to church and worship, sing worship songs, but not be aware of Jesus? Now, if you're honest with yourself, I bet there were times this morning that that happened to you. We sing the words but are we singing them to him? I used to tell my worship leaders, always choose songs where you say in the song what people want to say to Jesus so that it's easier for us to sing to him. You know, I've done it and so have you. Sometimes during worship, just to check, I'll look around me and I'll watch people and I can tell by the expression on their face, they're looking at the words and they're singing the words, but they're not talking to the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that to, to condemn anybody. I'm just saying, be aware. This morning, several times, I had to close my eyes and sing the words and focus on Him so that I wasn't just singing words. So pay attention during worship. I'll get another little thing in here because I'm not the pastor. Appreciate you watching online if you're watching online, but it's so much easier to be distracted at home than it is in church.
It really is. The kids start crying. You have to go to the bathroom. You talk to your wife or your husband or your kids. All kinds of distractions happening. So regular church attendance is, is a pretty big deal to help us stay connected with the Lord. Thirdly, meet with others to share your spiritual life. So you may be in a small group. Maybe it's an official small group of the church. Maybe it's, uh, I know lots of guys, old guys like me, and they get together for coffee one, one day a week in the morning or they have lunch together. And if you're in a group, make sure that you don't just, hey, how you doing, how's life, you know, catch up on things, but that Jesus is included in your conversation. Sounds crazy, but it's, it's possible to meet in a small group intended to be a small group where we focus on Jesus, but we don't, talk on, we don't focus on him, we talk to other people. So make sure you focus on him. And here's the hardest part of following Jesus and being aware of him. Live life in a way that allows you, remain, you to remain connected to Jesus. In other words, he's in all of life. Now this is immeasurably more difficult than the three things that I just imagined, I just talked to you about. Focusing on him in the busyness of our life. So many times I've had great devotion time and then about halfway through the morning, it's like I haven't been aware of Jesus. I haven't talked to him since then. Where did he go? It's like the where, where's Waldo picture that we showed. Here are some little phrases that might help you stay aware of him. The first one is, you probably anticipate the blank, stop, look, and listen. Stop, look, and listen. Just stop during the day. Several times during the day. And be aware, listen, and talk to Jesus. He's there. Some of you remember me talking about the triangle where it's, where it's me, it's you, and it's God. So while I'm talking to you, I don't want to be just talking to you. I want to be aware of your presence. Maybe there's something that you'll say that will help me in this conversation. And I also trust that God is talking to you while I'm talking to you. So stop, look, and listen. Be aware of his presence. Do you remember, did, did any of you when you were a little kid have an imaginary friend that you took every place with you? <laughs> Come on, admit it. I did. Well, it's a little bit like that, only Jesus isn't imaginary. He's with you every place. Talk to him. Now, I realize, you know, you're in a business meeting, you're getting, well, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't say it out loud, but you're aware. You're talking to him here. You're aware. You're in a conversation with your wife or your husband or a friend. Lord, I need wisdom right now. Maybe you're in a conflict. Oh, Lord, show me what to say. Show me what to do. You're not saying it out loud, but you're saying it in your mind. You're aware of his presence. The other day, I was at, a, at an RV repair place getting my RV worked on. I'd been there twice before, same guy working on it. So now we're inside, and I, I know his name. I've talked to him several times. And uh, he cussed like a trooper. Now, I've heard all those words. I used to say most of them. 
But he was just cussing away. Well, you know what's going to happen. He's going to ask me what I do. He says, what are you, are you in construction? I said, uh, I said, no, I'm a pastor. Guess what he said? Oh, gosh, I hope I haven't been cussing too much. <laughs> it's, always, it's always funny. But the interesting thing to me was, and the lesson that I learned from this was, then he started asking questions about where did I pastor a church? You know, what I believed. He said, I thought, I thought religion was dead in America, but he says, apparently it's not by what you're saying. And he was, he was trying to talk to me about spiritual things. You know what I did? I got in a hurry. and I said, get the job done. I want to get out of here. I got things to do. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I thought that. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy is asking you questions. Talk to him. So, I, so we talked for quite a while. That's how easy it is to not be aware of the Lord's presence. If I can do it, I'm sure you can too. So the first phrase is stop looking less, and the second phrase is check the compass. Now what I mean by that is I'm, I'm a planner. Now, uh, I'm old and retired, so I don't do it as much now as I used to, but when I was working full-time, I, I planned out every 15 minutes of my life every day. Going to be here, going to be here, going to be here, going to be talking to this person and so forth. Going to be in this meeting. Map it out. But then what happens? You plan, this, you plan the day. It's in your schedule. But then you're going through the day and nothing ever goes like you think it's going to go. So now you're in uncharted territory. That's when you check the compass. I prayed over all these things this morning, but now I'm in uncharted territory and I need to talk to him, the Holy Spirit. He's the compass. He'll get me, he'll get me back, back on track. And then the third is, ask the question, we all know this one, what would Jesus do? So I just want to say something to you. People come to me all the time and they say, what do you think I should do? I try to always remember to say, what did Jesus ask you to do? Because we so quickly turn to a person and ask them what they think rather than talking to him and asking what he thinks. So here's, here's, here's the way it works. Ginger and I have been married for 52 years. Man, that's a long time. 52 years. Not yet. We're not done yet. Yeah, I think we're going to make it though. Oh yeah. So I can finish sentences for her. She'll be saying something. I can finish the sentence before she does. I can look at her and... And in certain situations, I know exactly what she's thinking. Why? Because I've lived my life with her. I know her. That's true with Jesus. The longer that you walk with him, the more you read the scriptures, the more that you pray, the more you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, listen to sermons, all the ways that we learn, the better you get to know him. So, in, so when a situation comes up, don't ask me. Most of the time... I've had a lot of people ask me questions over there. Most of the time, they know the answer to the question. They either don't want to do it, or they want me to give them a different answer. But we know the answer, because why? We know Jesus. So ask the question, what would Jesus do? Now, get connected, stay connected, and then thirdly, the consequences of remaining connected to Jesus. 
Now this is this is this is pretty cool, I think. Focus on this verse. I am the vine, you are the branches, and I've circled the word if. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, and apart from me you can do nothing. Now there's two parts of that. You will bear much fruit, and apart from me you can do nothing. So if so there's a choice. There's a choice whether we remain connected or not. And here's three points about that. Jesus is communicating to us we might live the best life possible. If you remain in me and I remain in you, then you will bear much fruit. Now just stop and think about this logically. We know, we know all kinds of people around us every day who don't know the Lord. So they live life without God. They make decisions without consulting God. They, they don't pray. They don't ask for his help. So, I mean, this is an amazing thing. Think about this. You have Christ in you. You have God Almighty who created the universe, who knows everything. He can do anything. Why would we ever want to live our life not connected to him? Talk to him. Ask him questions. Seek his advice. He's right there and available to us if we'll just ask. So it's so important to remain connected. So if we do that, we'll live the best possible life possible. We'll be fruitful. Now here's the, here's the major reason I guess I'm presenting this sermon. Our prayers will be answered. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Does that bother you? Does that verse bother you? It doesn't? Have you ever prayed and God didn't answer your prayer? Well, it should bother you then. Not always. Not always. I'll tell you. I'll tell. I'll prove it to you in a minute here. So I'm in junior high, and I have, I have not, not yet put my faith in Christ. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe that Jesus was the Son of God. I believe He died on the cross for me, and I even believe that He was going to return again. But I'd never submitted my life to Him. I believed all of those things. But I've never, I had never said yes to Jesus. So here's a junior high student praying. And you know what I did? I tested him all the time. If you'll do this, I'll do this. Guess what? He, he didn't do it. I remember one specific incident. It's remained with me all these years. I won't tell you what it is. But I asked him, if you'll do this, I'll give my life to you. Didn't turn out that way, the way I prayed. So, this thing about uh, praying and God answering. Let me give you an example. My my daughter and my, one of my daughters and my granddaughter live in our mother-in-law apartment downstairs. They pray for cool, cloudy weather. I hate cool and cloudy weather. 
I pray for warm, sunny weather. <laughs> Who's God going to answer? Well, me, of course. <laughs> See, it doesn't always work out that way, does it? So there are times that we pray and things don't turn out like we thought they would. A, a, an extreme example is in World War II, did you know that many of the Germans were Christians? Sure they were. They prayed to God to win. We prayed to God to win. Who's God, who's God going to answer? Well, there's a lot of issues involved in that, but you get my point. We all pray for different things. And sometimes it would be... Uh, there was a movie. I don't remember the name of the movie. Carrie uh, was in it where he... Remember the movie where everybody was praying different things and he was God? Bruce Almighty, Bruce Almighty that's the one. And, and it was just like this jumble of prayers that was coming at God. And the, Which one do I answer? So many things that are prayed about. Now I know this is no surprise to you, but right on your outline there, you're not God. No kidding. But sometimes we act like it. I know what I want. I know when I want it. It's like, I know. We're not God. Sometimes people are praying for things. I've been pastor for a long, long time. Sometimes people are praying for things, and I'll say, uh-uh, I know better than that. You don't want that. Second line there is, will you trust him? Remember the story in the Old Testament of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? One of my favorite stories in the Bible. The whole nation is gathered in, a, in this expanse. And the king says, I want everybody to bow down to this idol of me. Everybody bowed down but them. So the king said, turn up the furnace. You don't bow down, you're going in there. What God can save you from my hand? And the answer was, our God will. Our God is able. Here's the significant part. But even if he doesn't, I'll still not bow down. So the issue is, will you trust him when, when he doesn't answer a prayer or doesn't answer a prayer in the way that you think he should? Will you continue to trust him? That's important. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes people would come to me and I know they'd be praying about something and I'd say, what? Even I know better than that. And God's a lot smarter than me. He's not going to answer that. He's not going to answer that prayer. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says slow. Some of you heard me talk about when Faith Chapel had 19 people in it, I was praying for a thousand. And I'd, work, I'd, I'd prepare 10 hours on a message and 19 people would show up. Lord, what's going on? What's happening? And then I came across this Old Testament verse one day in Exodus where it says, it says I'm not going to give you the land all at once. If I did, you'd be overrun. And I thought, oh, I guess I need to slow down a little bit. I probably can't handle that. Thirdly, sometimes he says, Grow. Now, this is unusual, but there was a, such a significant thing happening in my life that I prayed for four years 
in a specific way. I'd walk around. I still remember. I can still feel it. Walking around the worship center at Faith Chapel praying for four years. I remember going on vacation during that time, writing in my journal. Four years I prayed for this. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand why God was taking so long. But the truth is, he didn't know how, he, he, didn't, he thought I was taking too long. He wanted to show me something and I wasn't getting it. Finally, when I understood it, then things began to change. Sometimes he says, go. Aren't you glad when God answers your prayers? I can do that. I will do that. Let's go for it right now. Yes, I can. In fact, he'll give us far more than we ask or think. I encourage you to do a couple of things. Always thank him. I read just a couple of days ago about the lepers. Ten came. Only one came back to thank Jesus. Make a prayer list of your prayers. When you're praying in the morning, maybe in your journal, just write a little prayer list in a special place of things that you've prayed for and then go back and check it once in a while. You'll be amazed how many things that you prayed for that have happened that you forgot about. That's an opportunity that you can thank him. So in conclusion, I want to ask these questions. Are you connected to Jesus? I know most of you, so I know most of you are. Some of you I don't know. Have you come to a point in your life where you said, yes, Jesus, I don't want to live my life without you anymore. I want to live my life with you. I want you to lead me. I'll follow you. Secondly, what steps can you take to be more aware of his presence? I've talked about a lot of things this morning. That's the reason I ask you to write them down is you'll forget. But what can you do with church, devotions, small groups, living life? What are some steps that you can take to be more connected to Jesus? And lastly, do you trust him when his answer is not obvious? That's a big deal. And we read the verse that says he'll do whatever we ask, but there's some conditions to that, aren't there? If we know him, if we're walking with him, if we're living in him, then we'll ask the right things. And he'll answer. Lord, this morning, I thank you that uh, you're always, wherever we are, you are. You are with us. And I'm so grateful for that. And I... I want to be more aware, Lord. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I just don't pay attention. And I know that's true of the people in this room. So help us, Lord, be more aware of your presence wherever we are. I want to pray for anybody this morning that is here, Lord, and they haven't yet said yes to Jesus. Would you stir their hearts right now? Just stir in their heart. Make that... A, make that really clear to them that they haven't yet committed their life to you. And I want to ask where your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. If you want to be connected to Jesus, but you haven't been, you've never said, yes, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to follow you. I want you to forgive my sins. But you want to today. You say yes to Jesus. Would you just, while everybody else's heads are bowed, just slip up your hand. And your hand would be saying, yes, I'm giving my life to you. Yes, yes.
Thank you, Lord. Lord, for these dear ones. I know some of them have already said that. Help them rest assured that they're, they're okay with you if they've said that before. And uh, for anyone here, Lord, who does walk with you, we ask again, oh, Lord, remind us, nudge us, prompt us by your Spirit to be more, of you, more aware of you every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.